0: Mam na imię Gosia, pochodzę z Warszawy, ale mieszkam w Londynie. Mówię po polsku. Słuchacie The Fluent Show. Welcome to The Fluent Show a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hello, Fluent. Hello, listeners. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk. That's a website where you can find courses and blog articles to help you become more successful at learning another language. And I am here to talk to you about anything and everything interesting from the world of learning another language, even in this strange, strange state of the world that we are in right now. So far, they haven't shut down any broadcasting, podcasting yet. So (laughs) I feel like I'm doing pirate radio, you know, from from the lockdown. I hope wherever you are that you and your loved ones are safe and you're ready to enjoy and switch off and possibly look out the window, open the window, if it's safe to do so, even go for your daily exercise walk just to enjoy the Fluent Show with me. So I'm here with you today, and we have got a lot of ground to cover. First of all, I have got my usual announcement, which is that I'm about to move house as of now, hoping it'll happen. It's been very tense, touch and go. But the podcast break that I am planning still applies during most of April. But I will review it because obviously some travel, the Polyglot Cruise, for example, has been postponed as is required for next year and half half i read today that 20 percent of the world's population are currently subject to some movement restrictions that is of course due to coronavirus it's crazy times we'll we'll make it up we'll make it up day by day and we'll stay positive meanwhile i have started a mini series called fluent in isolation and that is on com slash fluent show it's instant for the patreon backers but automatically also released a little later for everyone. So you can get my tips for learning a language in isolation over there on patreon.com slash fluent show, no matter if you're a patron or not. The episodes take about five minutes. There are more plans coming, but like everybody else, like I said, I'm taking it day by day. Of course, we want to give a quick shout out to the Patreon community that makes this show possible for you. The Fluent Show is backed by a community of supporters on Patreon. To find out more about how you can join them and support us as we create these weekly podcast episodes, go to, what I just said, patreon.com slash Show. Now, I want to give a shout out as well to our new sponsor, which is also our old sponsor, Yabla, or Yabla, more like. <laughs> Yabla is a video database with lots of boosts for language learners of the following languages, Spanish, English, Italian, French, German, and Chinese. So there's something for me there as well. Yabla features very great authentic video content made by native speakers. It's got custom playback subtitles right in there for you in two languages, lots of learning games that are really fun and flashcards as well. So it's just a great all-rounder and the premier language learning video platform that you can find with tools to enhance conversational understanding. Recently, I've been enjoying a few super cute cartoons in Chinese about how to build your self-confidence and stay positive, which is a good one to get stuck into at any time. And I've got my eyes on a Chinese yoga vocabulary video because I love yoga. So there's something for everyone over at Yabla and you can check it out as well. Join me over there and let me know which which languages you've chosen to watch. You can get a 15-day free trial. Welcome, everybody. It's 15 days for free. Bring it on. If you use this special link, yabla.com, that's Y-A-B-L-A dot com. So yabla.com slash fluent show. That's where you got to go if you want to test drive Yabla. And thank you so much to them for supporting our show today. Now, I have another spot of news today, which is... Hot potato news for you. <laughs> if you're a regular listener, you know that there is, it's never quite as easy as we think to talk about the names of a specific language. We There's the whole language. Is it a language? Is it a dialect discussion? Languages represent the world around us, and the world around us is not always full of people who agree and people who are treated 100% fairly. And that is the hot potato territory. So I've got a hot potato for you today. And that's an email from Rachel McKay that came into the show maybe a month ago after Lindsay and I discussed Celtic languages, and in particular, is it Scottish Gaelic or is it Scottish Gaelic? Now, Rachel knows, and here's what she has to say. I'm a regular listener, and I have been for years. I absolutely love the show, and I am what you call a silent listener. I don't tend to reply to things. So, first of all, Rachel, welcome. Thank you for coming out of the woodwork. (laughs) She says, the recent episode with Lindsay was really interesting. And for once, I found myself in a position to help answer one of your questions. I am a Scottish Gaelic speaker and Lindsay was correct with the pronunciation of the language. The English pronunciation, Gaelic, is incorrect. And often it's quite irritating for speakers to put it lightly. There was a recent big example of how irritating the mispronunciation is. There's a considerable backlash against the BBC's Call the Midwife Christmas special. This backlash was connected to the mispronunciation of Gaelic and bad language pronunciation throughout by the supposed speakers in the programme. What added to this irritation was the fact that there are plenty of Gaelic speakers and those working at BBC Alba, which is the BBC's... Gaelic speaking channel so the fact that the BBC could not even find a speaker to play a speaker of Gaelic was simply shocking to top this off the the program fell into lots of unhelpful tropes for Londoners coming to help the so-called uneducated backwards island folk summed up by this line from the show we have Gaelic but we cope I wish I was joking but that line was in there Apologies for the rant, but I feel it's a really helpful example of how this mispronunciation is definitely unaccepted by the speaking community, but since it is widespread, it is often unacknowledged as a mispronunciation. I never pronounce it Gaelic, and it isn't pronounced Gaelic, and whether we speak Gaelic or English, we never should say Gaelic. So, listeners, if, like me, you've been calling it Gaelic for your whole life, it's time to check our habit there and do better by the Scottish Gaelic language. Thank you so much to Rachel. I really appreciate you writing in and really bringing this to the forefront. It's it's very common, you know, as a Welsh learner, it's very common to hear about the minority and native older native, Celtic native languages off the British Isles, getting a little bit of stick and kind of getting mocked and just being dismissed very, very often as if life could not possibly be led in any of those languages. It must be led in English because clearly it's impossible. And this sense of dismissal, I I understand and I relate to. So that was our hot potato slash minoritized language news. Thank you so much to Rachel. And I'm going to try my, ber- my very best to do better in future and always refer to it as Scottish Gaelic. Now, I want to come to the topic of today's podcast or the big topic that I do want to talk to you about, and it is... Something that I want to cover because of the coronavirus crisis, because so many of you might be stuck inside right now. And I want to save a thought for the teachers, the language teachers, the self-employed, the independent language teachers in our world. So today's episode, I will talk you through a few questions that you need to ask yourself if you want to start teaching online and give a few tips for how you can answer them. If you're a person like so many other people around the world whose life has just moved a lot more online and you might have lost a lot of work because your school has been cancelled, you've been furloughed, you've just lost your in-person tutoring position and you're essentially thinking, oh my God, it's, you know, I'm jobless if I don't teach online Or maybe you're just so stuck inside that you just want to connect with people all around the world. And right now is the perfect time to do this rewarding and exciting work that is teaching online. These tips will help you miles along the way. Trust me. And I've got your back. So any other questions that come up about online teaching that you would like to ask me, I have been doing this passionately, joyfully, and I've been grateful that I am an online teacher almost every single day in the last seven years. So it's time for all of us to step up and I'm here. I've got your back and I will be absolutely here as well, lending a hand and pulling you up to the online teaching precipice. I don't know where I'm going with this metaphor, but know that you are not alone in this time and that there are many online teachers who are willing to help and to give you the advice that you need. Now, if you're a listener who isn't in that position where you're suddenly scrambling or attempting, you know, to do your very best to move what you have onto the Internet, but maybe you're interested and you've been playing around with the thought of online teaching in the past. Let me assure you that any time, global pandemic or not, is a great time in many ways to become an online teacher, an online language teacher for many reasons. But here are just three of them. Number one. It allows you to work location independently. So as long as you've got your computer and you've got safe Wi-Fi, you're ready to go and you can live the digital nomad dream or even just decide that you might want to work from home two days a week, work from co-working and work from a cafe. So you can design your working environment. You've got a lot more freedom that way. Secondly, you are independent to work the hours that suit you and you don't have a boss kind of asking you to tell you when you're going to take annual leave or any of that stuff. So you've got this freedom. And one thing that I have appreciated for many years in my work, but this current crisis is making me realize about my own life and who I am as a person, is I am very freedom-loving. And this style of working suits that. If you are a person who appreciates your personal freedoms and thinks that they are important to your existence as a human being, then you're going to love teaching, of, teaching online. Thirdly, this is a great stepping stone and teaches you endless things, not just about online business and making online courses and all the adventures that can be had if you are stepping into the online teaching playground or the online business playground, but also about being a good leader and about holding space for other people and dealing with individual customers in lots of ways. So all the business skills that you need to be independent, online teaching has got that and you will come out with all of those. So in other words, now is a great time to move a few lessons online if you're already a teacher or to get set up so that you're ready to travel and teach and work independently and go around the world if you want to as soon as you're allowed out again. (laughs) Let's cut to the questions that I have. So these are five tips that will help you become really great language teachers. And I want to start them off by each of them giving you a question to ponder. So for you online teachers or aspiring online teachers, start here, start now, right now. Think first of all, and I'm going to give you a little gap to think and maybe say it out loud to my voice on the podcast. What is it that you are teaching. So, what are you going to teach? In my head, I'm hearing all of you now saying, I'm going to teach German, I'm going to teach English, I'm going to teach knitting, I'm going to teach sock making. Now, my second question from that is, what is your niche? Or if you're American, you might want to hear me say niche, but I'm not going to. What is your niche? How are you going to be different from the other students online, and if you're a language learner and you've ever, say, looked at italki, that wonderful directory, I want you to imagine a situation where you're looking for a new teacher online and say you've just said in that gap English, imagine how many of them there are. How are you going to look different from other tutors so you don't look like every other $6 an hour deal? How are you going to communicate to them instantly what makes you you and whether you are the right teacher that the person's going to enjoy a lesson with and that you're going to enjoy a lesson with as a student. I hope you're with me. So my tip for you on how to determine this niche, something that you could do is just go, I'm an English teacher for students who want to take the IELTS. Okay, but if you can specify in even more ways. So really get as specific as you possibly can, thinking about who you want to work with. And you might be scared right now thinking, yeah, I can come up with, you know, I want to work with millionaires who are <laughs> also learning English. And you might think, well, they don't exist. But let me tell you now, I've done this for so long. And the truth of the matter is the more you communicate to the person that you really would dream to work with, the more you will attract people who are a dream to work with, even if your archetype type thing doesn't exist. So let's think about that person. And here's what I like to do. Think about somebody who you would like to work with. And ideally, think about a person with a name, right? So think, think about their name. And they have to be somebody who would learn, want to learn what you are making there. If you can't think of any person in your life right now, think about whether there is somebody online who is learning, say, the language that you would like to teach. Maybe still nobody comes to mind, then just make somebody up, right? Let's think of your dream person and just give them a name in your mind. And now describe them, which is one thing. So this person is a blank. So for me as a German teacher, I want to say something like James is a German learner. Okay. Now we're going to get one step more specific. And this is important because that is where you start setting yourself apart as a teacher. So get more specific by thinking about them and describe them a bit more. So my person is a blank Who is blank? James is a German learner. Who is... A cab driver. Ooh, ooh, okay. I wonder what you came up with. I wonder what you came up with. So hopefully you're with me. If you're a language learner who's currently listening to the podcast, you might be thinking, what is going on? So allow me to do this one for the teachers because they need it right now. And then your step three... Get even more specific. Simple, right? Let's do it again. My person is a blank. Who is blank? And. James is a German learner who's a cab driver and. Lives in Ireland. Ooh. That has given me a lot of information, but not all of this. Okay, so the easiest thing that I could do is go German lessons for cab drivers, German lessons for Irish cab drivers. (laughs) But this has allowed me to think about that one specific person. Maybe I don't have to go all the way to German for Irish cab drivers, but I could just think, okay, German on the go german in your car german for people who get up early or i can think about what this what james's needs would be so it might be somebody who needs real flexibility and might not want a specific weekly time slot it might be somebody who wants me to produce some audio that he can listen to in the car so already this is giving me ideas and that is what i want to generate with you i want you to start thinking about ideas that you can then describe your lessons and the particular reasons why they would be useful for the person you just thought of. That is one of the most helpful ways to create that niche. So my question number one is, what is your niche? Question number two for you is, and this is a big one, <laughs> what is your price? The reason you need to know The price that you're charging for your lessons is because you owe everyone who wants to hire you a professional and considered response. Not I'm just making this up on the fly or I like the look of you or you look rich. Therefore, I've added three dollars or something. You owe everybody a professional response. And this is part of being a professional. So there are different ways to work out your pricing. And I don't want to get too far into those right now, but the key here is two things. First, you want to think about your basic income that you need. So think about your cost of living and the income that you want to make. You don't have to just cover the absolute basics. If you want to have enough money to go for a meal twice a week, that is part of what you are working for. And like every other job, you're allowed to aim for that. You've got my permission for sure. So set up that base rate. Think about your cost of living, every single part of it, and you want to have a base rate. This is essentially budgeting, and there's lots of budgeting resources on the Internet. Now think about the time that you need for promo and for all the admin around your lessons. From my experience, I would say allow at least half. Sounds crazy, is true, though. (laughs) Sounds crazy, but it is true. And then think about the amount of lessons that you are happy to teach in a week. And when you've done all that, you might come up with an an hourly rate, sort of a lesson cost rate that possibly is a little bit higher than you thought it was going to be. Or maybe it's a little bit lower than what you thought it's going to be. But just look at that number and remember this is just a number. And now consider the other thing, which is called positioning. And this is about, are you an an early teacher and you're just kind of trying to attract as many students as possible so that you can work out who that person is that you would really enjoy working with? Are you particularly experienced in any one specific area? Is there something that really sets you apart in your niche? So if you have already gotten students to 8.5 in the IELTS, which is this English language test, then you can... Include that in what makes you particularly attractive and you can position yourself as an experienced teacher who's got a track record. So that builds more trust and more trust is good in this game, for a lack of a better word. More trust is good in this particular enterprise because your students don't know you yet. And finally, How? Will you get paid? That is a sub question of what you charge. So you also need to consider how money is going to reach your bank account because it's got to get in there so that you can pay your rent or your living cost or you can keep the lights on or you can feed your family. So when you do that, think about what is the easiest way of doing it. And I have got an online course that I will tell you about later, which is the absolute real, it just gives you the basics, but it does cover how to get paid and different ways of doing that. Two ways that I would recommend if you want to do it quickly and simply is either, if you have any online accounting software, so something like Wave or Free Agent or Xero or QuickBooks, then you can just in issue invoices through that. And that is simple enough. They usually have an online payment option. Or... To make things even easier, just get, get you started almost instantly, uh, PayPal will do it. So either put a PayPal button on your website or send people a PayPal me link. PayPal me link. I'm going to put uh, resources in the show notes so that you can find how to do that. And the resources are going to be at one seven seven. Question number three for you is where will you find your students? So you've got your amazing niche that might help you. Think about where will they find information? What does James, the cab driver, do? Maybe he doesn't spend so much time online, but actually listens to the radio. Maybe I should radio advertise if I want to teach to him. Let's see. Maybe I should advertise on Google Maps. (laughs) I just put myself as a location on Google Maps. So think about where will you find your students by thinking about that student again. Secondly, go with your own style. It is your job to become visible. And that means considering how you can best become visible. Think about who you are talking to, but also think about who you are and do your thing and how you're going to show up in a way. This sounds very hippie, but, you know, how are you going to show up in a way that who you, you are really comes through? That's why I make The Fluent Show. I made The Fluent Show because I love talking into a microphone to people who I can't see, seemingly. <laughs> When I was younger, I used to dream of being a radio DJ. And here I am pretending to be a a podcast radio DJ. And whatever kind of floats you about blogging, you might really love writing and expressing yourself in the written word. You might also love podcasting. You might love the me- the medium of video. And just, you know, you might love social media or you might hate social media. My gut feeling is whatever attracts you as a learner attracts you as a consumer is also something that might be a suitable medium to you so consider that consider that it's your job to be helpful and visible to everybody, no matter if they're your student or not because it's their decision whether they sign up with you, but you become visible by being helpful and being you know doing a good job really, and the other part of this is to really stay true to yourself and do your thing. Instead of googling how do I promote myself and then it tells you to do YouTube and you do YouTube and you hate it and it looks rubbish. So that's n- it's not my thing and it's not what's made me happy in the past and like I said I've been doing this for many years and this even though we're in a, in a situation of urgent need now the only way that you can start a business is to consider The long term of it, the only way that you can start a good podcast, you know, is if you consider the long term of it. So talk about something that you love talking about and do it with the energy that that brings you. Question number four. Are you ready? How will you structure your lessons? And this is about how you communicate with the student when they come to you. Do you think you want to ask them their needs and kind of really respond to their needs this is something that many teachers want to do because it's obviously it's, it's what might attract a student. But what is your philosophy? How do you think people learn? How have you learned in the past? Because the way a student asks to be supported isn't always the way that actually ends up working best for them. It's a, it's a partnership here. So do you want to read the textbook? Do you want to get to know each individual student personally? Do you want to include technology? Do you want to build a drone together? Whatever it is, you want to outline to your student what happens in your lessons and consider whether you want the kind of student who takes the lead and you're ready to just kind of roll with it and do the conversation practice or whatever it is that they fancy doing, or whether you want to take the lead yourself a little bit as well and really stay in there and say, no, I'm bringing my philosophy, my experience, everything I am as a teacher into this something I see really often on platforms like italki is I tailor my lessons to your individual requirements. And I personally hate reading that because what does that mean? What does that mean? That doesn't mean that you take yourself completely out of it and you just become whatever your student needs you to be because you're still a human being. I want to know what do you bring to a language lesson That I can learn from and how do you like to operate because for me as a learner that is a really easy way to work out if I want to say yes or no. So if I'm telling James the cab driver I am teaching but I'm teaching online and you have to have really great Wi-Fi and you can't do it from anywhere you have to be somewhere where your Wi-Fi connection is excellent because the way I want to teach you is by watching extremely uh, hi, streaming videos and I need to send you all of this data and this you really need fast internet. And he says, well, I'm, I was going to do this on 3G and, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to work. These are the kind of things that James needs to know before he signs up with me, because otherwise he's wasted his time, I've wasted my time and nobody gets paid. So don't do that. All right. At the end of this rant <laughs> slash slash session is I've got the next question for you, which is what equipment are you going to have? There is a lot and I've got three different aspects that I want you to think about. The absolute basics that you need, usually for teaching online, is number one, a video teaching platform. Zoom is all the rage at the moment. So Zoom is a good one and I use Zoom as well and trust it a lot. Skype Hasn't gone anywhere. Skype is still reliable and usable and absolutely fine. And I still use Skype a lot. And in fact, it's how I record a lot of the show. And FaceTime is actually an interesting and good resource. So some some teachers still use Google Hangouts, but that's not really as available anymore. So I wouldn't recommend Google Hangouts so much. But Zoom, Skype, FaceTime. My recommendation is that you have one that you direct your student to and one that is your backup. Italki has got a resource now as well. It's very easy to get a video chat platform going, but make sure whichever one you use is one that you know how to use and that you trust works on your computer. Secondly, which physical gear do you need? In my opinion, do you need a microphone? But for most laptops, the inbuilt microphone is fine. It's better if you have headphones. It eliminates some very annoying noises. If you just wear headphones, it's a lot, lot better. And you can just, if you don't have any others but the in-ear headphones that come with your phone, no problem at all for online teaching. You need a computer, obviously. (laughs) Uh, You can do it on your phone though. You could use your iPad and I have used my iPad to teach. So those are options that are available to you. And then finally you need a webcam. Most students expect this now. I have in my in this, again, in the course I mentioned, the online live lessons course, there are lectures in there that talk about what if the video fails, what if you want to kind of shake it up and kind of talk you through how a lesson without video and why a lesson without video can be successful every now and then. But the standard in the industry is to use a webcam. Last question in this equipment branch is which other digital support are you going to use? You don't have to have everything ready right now. You don't have to be perfect at the start. You've got to be ready to learn and get organized about the different resources that you may want to use. And a few interesting ideas here just to get you thinking is to keep lesson notes and make vocab notes for students in Google Drive. Perhaps to set them up with some kind of flashcard deck based on your lessons. Although in my experience, it's better to get students to do that themselves because they never... They never study the flashcards you give them. It's just my experience. Maybe I'm too nice. Uh, To share articles in Evernote or in Pocket or to give your students some extra support with WhatsApp voice messages or some Voxering. So there's lots and lots available. Again, you don't have to have everything ready because there's endless amounts of ideas. But again, also... Think about who you're talking to and think about what you're into. And if you want to offer students, say, feedback on WhatsApp voice messages once a week as an added little bonus, then put that in your profile because it's something cool, something extra. And it might help you give students more understanding of why you charge the price that you charge and why you are awesome and you're worth it. So those were my five questions. I'm going to recap them all for you before I run through one extra point. What is your niche? What is your price? Where will you find your students? How will you structure your lessons? And what equipment are you going to have? And let me reassure you, those are just the start. There is so much to learn and so much to know about online teaching. It's an exciting world. The final thing I want to leave you with is my five tips for booking in a lesson in an extremely good way. And if you want to know more about this, then send me feedback on this episode on Twitter at The Fluent Show or email me hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk and let me know that you want to know more about this and then I'll do another episode about it. So the five-step booking process I recommend is to have an inquiry, to send out a standardized, very thorough reply, To then set up a consultation phase where you kind of go back and forth and establish the goals of your student. To get that first booking in where you have a conversation where it's almost like you're you're just getting to know each other. You're not really full on lesson yet, but you need to really see them to get a feel. And then if everything's golden, regular time slot. I have got a product here that I want to also recommend to you which is email scripts to make things super easy and that takes you through this five-step booking process and I pre-written all the emails so you can just kind of copy and paste them and use them to build your own script from because I found I often find that writing all those emails takes an awful lot of time so that takes the time out of it. Let me talk you through the the various resources I mentioned. So, number one is the online live lessons course. It's called Online Live Lessons Strategies for Online Teachers and Tutors. Long name, but again, it's in the show notes fluent.show177. If you're brand new to online teaching, this is a really good starting point and it covers all the basics of where to teach, how to do your contracts, how to get paid. Secondly, there's the email set for teachers which helps you just nail every step of that booking process so you can weed out all the time wasters, you can get paid securely, you can just ride into the sunset with your new students. And finally, if all of that sounds too basic for you, but you enjoyed what I talked about and it gave you a few thinking points that you haven't had yet, please check out Teach and Thrive. This is a membership community with monthly masterclasses for online teachers, and it's run by me and the wonderful Lindsay Williams. We really have a lot of fun in Teach and Thrive, and you can get the first month of your membership for a $10 trial price. I'm going to put that in the show notes too. Everything at fluent.show177. Please visit that site, and you're going to find all of these tips. I hope these questions and considerations were really helpful to you today in a time where you might just think about online teaching you don't even know where to start you don't even know how to get started and do contact me I'm available for coaching I'm available for conversations about this I want to help you because I know there's never been a time where the internet is a resource that can really make a difference to your life right now. Again, let me tell you, I wish you so much of the best. I hope you are healthy. Please be careful. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, as we're all saying everywhere right now. You can send me feedback on Twitter at TheFluent Show. I am on Instagram at K-E-R-S-T-I-N underscore Fluent, or you can just use the hashtag TheFluentShow and I'll find you. And you can send me feedback to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. That's it from me for episode 177 of The Fluent Show. will vow.